You're listening to The Watchers, a show where two women from opposite ends of New Jersey watch TV about New Jersey. We're watching season one of Yellow Jackets in light of season two while we wait for season three. This week, we watch Saints. We did. We did. Remembered that the Exxon Valdez oil spill was a thing. <laughs> they they love they love a good reference point. They do. They love a very specific 80s, 90s like moment in time mm-hmm. that, that all of the people in their 40s will be like, huh, remember that thing? And that is exactly what I did. Also, when she was combing the hair of a My Little Pony in the car. It's very good. I was obsessed. I had so many. I didn't have a lot of... I was not a horse girl. I huh. did... I did take horseback riding lessons briefly until the trainer, teacher, whatever coach, like wouldn't let me get off the horse one day when it was raining and really cold and I was miserable and she like Mm -hmm. wouldn't let me stop the lesson. And then I never went back. I, you know, contrary to every single thing about me, I wasn't a horse girl either. I mean, huh, maybe this is where I find out that actually I was. I was going to say, I mean, like I loved horses. I had a framed picture of a horse on my wall. I did read all of the Misty of Chincoteague books and Black Beauty oh, is still one of my favorite books. But maybe I was books. a horse girl. Those Misty of Chincoteague were, books were really good. They were so good. Yeah. I had a friend who was like a true horse girl. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I was just like, that's her thing. She'll be yeah. the horse girl. I'll yeah. just like appreciate it from a distance. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I don't think I would consider myself a horse girl. And I know being a horse girl isn't just about loving horses. I know, you know what I mean? And I think maybe yeah. that's like, I do yeah. indeed love horses. I think they're majestic and beautiful creatures yes. um, with, with rich interior lives that we can't begin to really know. <laughs> But I don't know that I'd consider myself a horse girl. Yeah. I did get to um, sort of relive my horse girl dreams when I was in the documentary school because one of my subjects was a family that was a harness racing family. And so I used to go to the, I used to photograph them for, well, I think I followed them around for like three months. The mom was a horse vet and the son and and dad were um, harness racing drivers. And then the son's girlfriend was a horse. Like, she was a horse. Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> She worked in the barn. And so I would go there at like 5 a.m. with them when, to take pictures in the morning light when they were like mucking at the stalls and getting the horses ready. And I kind of got to like relive my my horse girl dreams. That's very cool. It was very cool. And horses are so fun to photograph. They're just gigantic. I uh, I grew up around a ton of horses. Well, part of yeah. my childhood. There's like two sides of my childhood. And one of them is when... Um, I, as I've mentioned, I had a pet raccoon the, during those years, yes. during the raccoon years. And a school bus full of chickens. And a school bus full of chickens. Um, yeah, that's part and... of the lore of Andrea that I now know. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And um, and in when I lived there, I grew up, obviously, like around that kind of stuff all kind of goes hand in hand around a ton of horses. So yeah, I do love there are them. raccoons and chickens, they're often horses. That's as the old saying goes. As the old saying goes, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I loved that three months of hanging out with the horses. I also, I photographed a horse surgery. Whoa. Wild experience. Yeah. The horse ended up being fine. But thank um, you for sharing that. Cause they are for as big as they are. They're also quite fragile. Like they're they extremely turn on a dime. It is. Yeah. She was operating on his leg. It was wild. That's cool. It was wild. Uh, also. Yeah. 
Yeah. Also gross. But I've also <laughs> photographed human surgeries, which is even. Whoa, I didn't know that, Jody. What? Yeah, I know. In Honduras for my aunt's uh, medical mission. Whoa. Yeah, I went in and photographed um, them operating on kids with orthopedic deformities on their legs Whoa. to like fix them. Yeah. Yeah. I somehow, I will pass out if you talk to me about blood. I was blood. just going to say. Yes. No, I'm a fainter. I will pass out if you talk to me about blood. If you tell me what you're doing when I'm at the dentist, I will faint. But if you put a camera between me and what's happening, right. it stops it. Uh-huh. It just changes everything. And suddenly I'm like it's thinking like a about light. Part of your... Exactly. Exactly. I'm like thinking about light, frame, like exposure time, all of that stuff. And it just takes all of that away. I couldn't believe that. The idea that I was of you doing do that it. and then setting the camera down and immediately just falling, falling over. over. <laughs> I know. I'm like backing out of the room with the camera in front of my face. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Until I don't have it in front of me anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, I was really worried that I was going to fade, but I was also yeah. asked to do it. And right. so you can't say like, no to that. That's amazing. But anyway, we were talking about My Little Pony. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, real quick. Um, so typically we do 1996 and then we go through 2021 character by character. And we were talking before we started recording. And it, as we know, season one, the further we get into it, the more entangled their adult lives become. And this is where that really starts to kick off. And yeah. even though they're not all in the same scenes together all the time, it 2021 feels more entangled now, at least to, to me and you, I think. Um, yeah. And yeah, it my feels notes, like at, at some point I said they're getting the band back together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it feels like maybe working through 2021 in presentation order yeah yeah um is the move for this episode and we'll see if that continues next week we'll we'll make a call yeah. but but just so you know what to expect as you're listening that's how we're going to move through this one yeah we're going to start with baby lottie oh she this kid actor just cracked me up the way she like clearly just switched from like i am combing the hair of this my little pony now i am screaming now i am combing the hair right back yeah yeah Yeah. it's really uh the creepy kid factor in this show is consistent like Mm -hmm. all kids are a little creepy and Mm -hmm. i respect it i was gonna say and that's true yes it is true i think it's interesting how her parents respond to her screaming that way immediately telling her to stop not asking what's wrong. I wonder no. how often Lottie has a screaming fit. Yeah. Especially the dad. He was like, mm-hmm. and I noticed later on. So, you know, obviously in this scene, her screaming stops them from being like killed in a terrible truck accident. But right after this, there's like this little seed of Lottie listening to them talk about her. Yes. Um, and her mom being like, you know, there are things that we don't understand. And the dad being like, Shh she doesn't see anything we're taking her to her to a psychiatrist and it's literally like the two halves of the audience being like it's is it supernatural the, is it real it's the two halves of the audience it's also exactly like it sets everything up for that there's also a parallel there a little bit with ty and simone with um mm-hmm. with sam like this there it's the the parallels and the doubling and the layering on this show is constant. Yeah. Even just... Especially in this episode. Totally in this episode. Because just there's the Lottie accident 
And then we get the mm-hmm. almost accident with Simone and Ty. And both of those yeah. are foreshadowing the accident that mm-hmm. comes later with Simone and Ty. Mm-hmm. Like it just is constant yeah. redoubling over and over and over with yeah. the show. And it also has a very Jersey moment of the guy like who almost died, just flipping them off and riding away. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. of course. Yeah. It's also the two sides of the show's philosophy. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the show is trying to balance, like walk this line between like, is it trauma? Is it supernatural this whole time without coming down on one side or the other? Totally. And so like, Yeah. I just, I noted that this time because we've talked so much about that since watching this episode the first time. Mm-hmm. It is funny how yeah. much more we know about Lonnie and her kind of like world view now too. Yeah. We had so little of, we weren't even sure if she made it to present day at this point. Like, it's, yeah. I don't know. I really like yeah. this exercise. <laughs> yeah no it's true there like we we knew very little about lottie and this episode gave us a lot like this mm-hmm. gave us a lot of background on her that we didn't have before um it's actually quite a lottie heavy episode even though we said there wasn't like one main th- character this week mm-hmm. but there's a lot of information um that we didn't have so that was our little preamble scene mm-hmm. um and then we go right to lottie in the woods I need the and, crap out of a mouse right now. <laughs> we get such a good reminder. I, you know, I talked about Lottie in 2021 and being kind of like, like how she tosses that smoothie in a planter <laughs> yes. at one point And she's like kind of mean. Yeah. And like Lottie in 20, in 1996 was too, that burn when, when Mari's like, um, like, you know, commuting with the wilderness or whatever. She's like, what do you talk about blood and stuff? And she says, mostly we talk about how Danny Mears dumped you for his own cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like in the pilot, um, the compliment that whoever was talking to Lottie gave her was like, you don't talk shit unless someone really deserves it. Mm-hmm. And Mari was picking on her. And she exactly. deserved it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, so it's true. Good. It's so good. Yeah, but then she wanders off and sees uh, the deer with the, like, shedding antlers. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to think Van doesn't see it. Yeah, but... it's pre- it's presented as a, well, this is so much of the how much of what Lottie sees is real and how much of it isn't. And they yeah. play with it later with Ty. Um, and it looks horrific. And if you don't know about deer shedding their antlers, which, again... I would say most people in South Jersey don't know, but but you're more likely to find somebody in South versus North who wouldn't be like I wouldn't have been surprised to have seen this. I grew up, my stepdad was a hunter. Like this, I was right. like, oh, he's shedding his antlers. That's what he's shedding his velvet, not his antlers. Like yeah. that's what happens. Um, and so yeah, further argument that these are not necessarily firmly South Jersey girls. Right. I just want to put that there. <laughs> well, and I will say that. North Jersey is overrun with deer. Mm-hmm. Overrun. Right. But there's a lot less people. I would argue North Jersey is overrun with people and that's where the deer were. Yeah. But. Oh, I totally agree. You're right. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. But um, there's so many fewer hunters in North right. Jersey. Right. Right. And so they're less familiar with what what the process looks like. I mean, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. For, I looked it up. Like, 
and didn't know that that actually is what they look like when they shed their velvet. Like, yeah. and they also it's, eat it, which is horrifying, but it does look horrific. Yeah. Even when you do know what it is, but, yeah. but of course Lottie sees that and is like, Oh, this is clearly a sign of something terrible. Right. Right. And like the fact that we're led to believe that Van doesn't see it. Mm-hmm. And also that later on when she sees Ty eating dirt, that like we're, we're keeping oh. led to believe that Lottie is like, that breaks visions. my heart for Lottie because she knows that she yeah. has visions and or hallucinates or something. She knows there's something there always has been for her. And then yeah. Ty, Ty isn't lying to her. She doesn't know that she that's what know. she's doing. Yeah. yeah. But it made me, but it both of those made me things feel are real. for her. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Lottie's not. I mean, she could be hallucinating the deer and seeing the future. Right. Because we know that we don't think Van sees it. But also, right. like, the deer could have just ran away. Right. You know. This is, again, just the show playing with all of it. Like, is she just getting a premonition of what's to come? Did she see something that, like, you just... Yeah. It's really hard to say. Yeah. Um... (laughs) The the next scene in the... In 96, just... It's so disgusting and so funny. When the dream that Shauna's giving birth to a chicken... This is the black comedy of it all. And she like, like tears the leg off and tries starts eating it at the end. Yeah. This is that like when you had said all along before I actually saw the movie for the show, like the Heathers of it all. Like yes. those kinds of like this is this is yep. one of those moments that you can so feel that inspiration. It's moving. It's a yes. cooked or it's like a prepared chicken, but its little wings are flapping. Yeah, yeah because it's that sort of like bad animated quality like it's yeah. not realistic the exactly. way that its wings are moving and it's not supposed to be like that adds to that kind of campy tone that yeah that you it's just like mentioned a and that we're thinking of with heathers and exactly yeah yeah it's a totally. reference to that era of of horror then we get van and ty in the lake <laughs> playing that little word game they play it's so cute it's she so spells cute. boob of course she does of course van does I just so appreciate Van's like jock, like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? With like just basic humor, like you like know. she and Jeff should be friends. I was just gonna say she probably quotes Ace Ventura all the time. Totally, like, totally. You know, we do get a little bit of that. Van says, uh, "You always win anyway," and Ty says, well, "Why do you think I like to play?" Which is yeah. so Ty. Very competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I also, just to jump back to the dream real quick, because mm-hmm. I forgot I was going to note this. Um, Jackie is her, like, doula in this scene. Yeah. Yep. Um, and when she actually gives birth, Jackie is dead. Yep. And I thought that that was really, like, poignant going back. Mm-hmm. It just hit me this time when she was with her. I was like, oh, yeah, she's she's dead. And Shauna's in a much worse place when this actually happens. Yeah, it's really. Yeah. The show is it's already dark, but man, do they go. It gets so I know there's like so much more um, sort of relief moments in the early Mm -hmm. seasons Mm -hmm. or the early season, the first season where Mm -hmm. you kind of get a break from the like distress, like distressing, horrific parts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, little segue, like Van and Ty in the water together, like we were just talking about. <laughs> yeah, spelling boob on her back. Um, I also thought it was interesting, this coming right after this scene with um, 
the baby and the dream and all of that. And Van saying to Ty, they're going to find out eventually. It's like, they're these two big secrets, right? But one Mm -hmm. of them ends up being like kind of a nothing burger. And the other one is like half the reason Jackie dies. Like exactly. Yep. Because of the, the split between her and Shauna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get totally. the, the great is. treat me like a lady line. <laughs> well, that's why, yeah, this is when Ty seems to notice for the first time that her hands are un, like justifiably dirty, even for people who yeah. live in a nasty old cabin in the woods. Yeah. And this is where we get Ty her first like uh, suggestion that she wants to go look for help too. Yeah, and Van saying like we're in the middle of hundreds of miles of wilderness, and Ty's like, "You don't, we don't actually know that," and she's mm-hmm. right. Like, yeah, the thing that I do we the movie Alive came out before this, right? Totally. Yeah, ninety three is when that movie came out, and so the thing about and we talked about the recent movie, um, the Society of the Snow that just came mm-hmm. out, but it was known that the only reason those guys ended up, some of them ended up surviving was because two of them walked it. They Mm -hmm. walked through the mountains, nearly died for, went like 10 miles to find help. Otherwise they all would have died in the snow. And so they would have been aware maybe of this movie and of that event, you know, Mm -hmm. Ty is, I don't think Ty's wrong here at all. It ends up ending really badly, but I think that she had the right idea. Yeah. Well, and especially because she's right, whether whether she knew that or not, like, who knows where they are. But theoretically, if she can survive out there and she does just keep walking south, she has to hit something at some point. Yeah. And, you know, they're already like the thing that I think they're not paying enough attention to, given the Andes crash, is that it's not winter yet. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to do something, do it now. It's going right, to be cold exactly. soon. Like, yep. you know, so I do think that, I don't know why for this, like when I first watched this, I think knowing pretty quickly what happens and how badly it goes, right. I think we're kind of like led to think that it was a fool's errand, but absolutely but yeah. not. Like no, she had the right so. idea. Yeah. We see more of that Ty and Shauna really starting to bond. This episode is so beautiful for the two of them. And it's just know. like, it. Was it a cheeseburger baby this time? (laughs) I can't believe I told you that. We also get a lot of Shauna calling Misty, Misty fucking Quigley. (laughs) I love that Misty's middle name is fucking. fucking. Yeah. It just is. The OBGYN on call is Misty fucking Quigley. Yeah. And then this is where Shauna, she accidentally, but she does tell Ty that it's Jeff's baby. Yep. Yep. Yeah. She's like letting Ty in. And it's interesting. She trusts, I think, implicitly that Ty is not going to say anything. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're seeing that bond, like, that we see so much later on Mm -hmm. really start to build. And I think this is part of why Ty, who's already thinking about going to get help, feels more motivated to do so. Totally, totally. You know, she's, like, thinking about not just herself stuck in the woods, but the things she knows that other people don't know. Mm -hmm. And I think it's both the baby and the fact that, like, I... It seems like she doesn't want her relationship with Van to be public. Right. And Van is like, yeah, it's going to come out. Like, that's interesting. Yeah. Ty is holding on to a lot of secrets. Um, Yeah. Yeah. More so. She's got more secrets as far as we know than anybody else there right now. She's got two of the big ones. Yeah. And she has more secrets than she knows about yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's got three of the big ones. You're right. Yeah. And she doesn't know 
mm-hmm. what what of those are yet. Yeah. We get Chada and Jackie trying to trap rabbits badly. Yeah, the one thing that um which we've talked a lot a bit a little bit about, one thing we lose with dividing things up this way are mm-hmm. these transitions and just very quickly yes. this comes on the tail of um a scene we'll talk about later which is the birthday brunch um where jackie's mom gives shauna a gift which we'll i want to talk about all of that when we get there but it's Mm a ceramic rabbit she says jackie just adored rabbits we find out immediately yeah that that is not true yeah it flips right to this scene Mm -hmm. um yeah i think that you're right this is the thing that we miss out on. And I think when there are transitions that are really important, we will end up highlighting them. Right. Um, this was just a funny one. Cause it's yeah. like, so immediately disproving mm-hmm. what the, the mom who, as you said earlier to me, does not blink, uh, not a was saying about her child. Horrifying. Yeah. A squirrel with floppy ears and a pom pom on its ass. Like, yeah. why? She's not wrong. I mean, bunnies no. are very cute, and I mm-hmm. find squirrels shifty, so I don't... I, she's right that that logic is not logicking, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but squirrels are very shifty. I don't trust them. Um, we get Jackie talking about how she's not sure if she misses cheesesteaks or Jeff more, which is a very South Jersey so thing. I know. I know. You know? They're playing with us. Yep. They're like, you think, it, you think it's Monmouth? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Maybe, Maybe it's they not. just go to Philly a lot. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, this is where I was like, it, does she know? She doesn't know. I know. I, 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 I don't do think, think she does. They wanted, I don't think she does either. But do you think they wanted us to speculate on whether or not she knows? Or do you think this is just Jackie's like, I think well, they want Sean is obviously more hungry. Right. Yeah. No, I think they want us to speculate on everything. They're throwing out a lot of red herrings. And here mm-hmm. there's a moment where you're like, why would she be bringing up Jeff right now and how she wishes that she had not waited and all of that. But mm-hmm. I, but the way that she reacts when Shauna pauses because she's getting like faint or whatever, right? that's like legitimate friend concern. And I also think that the thing I noticed this time is like when later on, when Nat and Travis get back, without anything from their hunt and Jackie immediately jumps on them and gets really nasty with Nat. Mm -hmm. At first I was like, Jackie's just being a bitch. But then I realized this is in the timeline right after she's realized how hungry Shauna is. Right. Right. And a little bit of that might just be her feeling like guys, like, right. You know, the person she cares about the most here is struggling. Yeah. That's a a really generous read. And I hadn't thought of it. And I think, (laughs) I think you might, I, I, I like to, think that you might be right there well and it makes it much more poignant and sad when jackie does find out and turns on shauna Mm -hmm. because we are like just like we've talked about this a bunch but just like ty is looking for van immediately out of the plane jackie is only concerned about saving shauna like Mm -hmm. for all we say about jackie being like a, a teen girl who's kind of a bitch like she has one priority for most of this and it is shauna yeah. Like she gets her feelings hurt by her a bunch, but like it is Shauna that is like the thing that she's focused on the most and making sure that she's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We kind of paint her and the show does often paint her. And we have all these reasons for looking at Jackie as 
like if this were a typical teen rom-com or something, Jackie would be the villain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I think we lose sight of the fact that like she's not just that and right. scenes like that with her being so nasty to Nat. But then when you pull back just a little bit and like you said, I think very astutely like think about where that's actually coming from. It's not just that Jackie's an asshole. I mean, she right. kind of is, but it's the same with Callie too. Like yeah. for all, all those parallels, I love to draw between yeah. the two of them. Like it. Well, and if you put yourself in her shoes, like her, she had to give her last piece of food to her best friend who is clearly not doing well. and mm-hmm. is like almost fainting and falling over from hunger. And then Nat and Travis get back giggling from their hunt with nothing, right. you know, right. being all sweet with each other. It's like, we love Nat and Travis. Well, not Travis. We love Nat. And mm-hmm. so we're like, oh, cute. But literally, like, they are actually starving. Right. And, like, right. they are relying on Nat and Travis to bring something mm-hmm. back to eat. And mm-hmm. instead, they're coming back clearly having just been making out on a plane. Like, right. Exactly. That is a little irresponsible also. Totally. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm on Jackie's side in most of this. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think I agree. But they were just hanging out on the plane, making out. God, Travis makes it so hard to like him when he's like, I'm obviously just going to keep screwing this yep. up. I'm like, give me a fucking break, dude. Like, Nat's he's being so, so patient fragile. with you. And I know that yes. she's like giggling at him a little bit, but like, yeah. but you're right. He's so fragile. Like, he's it's so come fragile. on. And she's managing him. She yeah. senses it. And she's like playing the part that she can sense that he wants her to play, which every Mm -hmm. woman I know has done. Every woman Mm -hmm. that has ever dated a man that I know has done this where like they realize that something, the man is insecure about something. And so suddenly they diminish themselves a little bit so that that person can feel in charge Mm -hmm. and have their ego restored. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, it is very hard to like Travis in this scene. Yeah, yeah, he really and and he doesn't get like it always. Travis doesn't feel likable to me until Nat does exactly what you just said and shifts something so that he can go back to being calm yeah. and not have his head up his own ass so much. Like it. The, <laughs> that's so many. You're sorry. That's so many couples where it's like the partner. You're like, well. I like blah, blah, blah so much. So he must not be all bad because she cares about him. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just can't handle her being more experienced, more um, like confident about this Mm -hmm. whole thing than him. It's just like, she says it, she calls it out. She says like, why do you get to be, why do you get to want this? And I don't. It comes a, a little later, but she... And I I like that they give her this speech. It does feel very much like she just learned this herself and is like, yes, like I'm kind of like it feels very much like a college freshman in like a feminism 101 class, like a gender. So women in gender studies class. But but I think that that's true to Nat. Like, I think if Nat had gone right to college instead of whatever happens um, when they get back, she would have been that person. Yeah, definitely. I think that it fits with her personality. It also fits to me with, we've talked about how they kind of slot these people into their individual types a little bit mm-hmm. and how she's like the punk kid. Like the the punk girls that I knew in the 90s were like the, the most like 
you know, teen feminist of the people that I knew. Totally. You know, they come back holding hands. This is when Jackie gets pissed. <laughs> she does say the dumbest. <laughs> you too busy running for mayor of Pound Town? <laughs> it is the 90s. It's so good. It is the 90s. Yeah. And Misty says she has a secret boyfriend, too, mm-hmm. to Nat, which is like, and that's like, okay, walking away. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't give it even a second thought, which is probably for the best, because how many secret boyfriends can Misty have here? Yeah, there's only three three men. Mm-hmm. One is still mostly a child. But Misty just says so many crazy things so many times a day that I feel like yeah, yeah. I mean, learned. like You could... I mean, you could think that Misty has made up an entire person and not even think that it's one of the three people that are actually there. It's like, oh, is that Tree your secret boyfriend? What have you named him? Most likely to make a Tree her boyfriend, Misty fucking Quigley. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Yes. Yes. So we get the sex talk with Ben. And I love that this is when we realize that Ben has a backstory that we don't know anything about that he's got a pocket full of condoms Uh on his way to seattle it's like now we're like oh wait ben's not just like the coach what's he doing what's he got going on what's happening in seattle ben i know it's hard to say exactly what is really in ben's past from what we've gotten from season two but factually as far as we know he left behind his partner who he was like Paul. in a pretty mm-hmm. Paul in a pretty new ish point in their relationship, right? Um, yeah. And so I don't get the impression that Ben was actually going to go to Seattle and no. he had somebody. I, I, I bet it was like more of an emotional, like, I'm going to forget. Like, yeah. Well, I think we're also forgetting that in the mid 90s, like, the AIDS panic was. Mm-hmm full on it was like a huge huge thing and so like the fact that he had condoms on him could have just been like precautionary (laughs) almost like like a like a safety blanket (laughs) (laughs) or you know he's with a bunch of teenagers like maybe Mm -hmm. he's just being the responsible adult and being like you know because here's the other thing Coaches and gym teachers were often also the sex ed teacher. Which Ben clearly is. The reason he has the statistic. Well, I don't know if there is a scene later, but he says off the top of his head when he's like, um, he says the the pullout game is only a 78% chance of success. And then he says, if 22% of your players couldn't make it on the field, would you really want to play that game? Which is such a like, that's not a... That's not Ben. Ben doesn't yeah. talk like that. That's yeah. a line Ben has used when he's teaching yes. sex ed. Yes. And, you it's know. so funny. For those that grew up in sort of more, slightly more progressive parts of the country in the 90s, there was talk about safe sex and about condoms and all of that in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think that that tracks with sort of like my mid-90s experience where everybody was talking about condoms i mean fucking tlc left eye was wearing a condom Mm -hmm. in her uh in her classes like Mm -hmm. it was just everywhere so it didn't surprise me that he had them but it is sort of like a a little peek into ben's personality that i loved Mm -hmm. i love ben so much and he also says the line of course the foreshadowing the last thing we need out here is a baby to take care of yeah little does he know 
we get our first hint to the antler queen in the next scene. Lottie wakes oh. up. She goes yes. to go swear. She grabs the lantern off the wall and they have that. They should teach this in film class mm-hmm. uh, framing of the antlers behind her head. Yes. The little she pauses right there for a second. Mm-hmm. The, the creators are like so having fun playing with us with this. It's so funny. It's so over yeah. the top and they do it so often. I, I really love it. It makes me very happy to see every time one of them. Yeah. Every time they do something like this. Yeah. And if you are like me and you watch with the captions on, you will hear, you will realize that she woke up to the sounds of an owl hooting, mm. which is not obvious if you're not like reading along. But yeah, she walks through the woods and she sees Ty. Eating dirt. Pretty aggressively eating dirt. Ty loves eating dirt. She does. Yeah, she really is going to town on that dirt. Yeah. I will say, so I did a little digging on this because, I mean, oh my God. Dirt. (laughs) I didn't mean to do that. I did a little digging in the dirt on this. And, uh, Uh you know, there's lots of reasons people do this. One of which is pregnancy cravings, which, right. Or, um, you know, she. It could be pica, like the classical iron, right? Like nutrients. Yeah, nutrients, mm-hmm. nutrient deficiencies. Yep, all of those things. And you know, people like sometimes will eat like dirt on purpose for its like antibacterial, like um, types of clay. It's been it's been in existence for like. Since early, early human life mm-hmm. is it's a thing people have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, it's like presented as really um, crazy and like, you know, like Lottie's having a premonition or a vision of some kind. But like, this is the first time we've seen her do this. We don't know that she's at home doing this in her parents like backyard. Right. Like, is this the first time it it's happened? It could be that she's fucking hungry. Right. Yeah. But then... We find out in this episode a little later that adult tie in twenty twenty one is out eating dirt. Yeah, but early trauma can mm-hmm. can create behaviors later that behaviors. continue to exist later in life. Totally. So, yeah, it's just again, again, yeah. again, over and over and over again. It's so hard to say how much of what these women of the way these women are, how much of it they brought to the wilderness with them, mm-hmm. right? How much of it they brought to back to the world from the wilderness like yeah and and the show purposefully doesn't want you to know to be able to tell drink every time we say is it trauma or is it supernatural (laughs) exactly yeah yeah uh this is where it starts to get rough yeah ty is getting dressed and sees the bra missing its underwire Mm -hmm. they've had that earlier conversation about how someone else they know had you know self-aborted with the underwire of a bra so ty immediately knows what's going on and goes running off um before she leaves though lottie stops her and she asks Mm -hmm. were you outside last night eating dirt yeah and again i feel so bad for lottie it is a normal question here because she was i know and and fucking ty says i can't do crazy right now lottie and i know that she's elevated and activated and all of that but it really made me feel for lottie i know i know there's a lot of sort of sympathy that the show is building up for lottie in this sort of beginning era while also 
really making us question her. Mm-hmm. It's like we're being given both. We're like, she's not wrong right. about a lot of this stuff. Right. But also, like, how much do we trust what's going on with her? Yeah. And this is because what they've set it up with the medication. Exactly. Like, that's the thing. If they hadn't, if they had not indicated that she was on medication mm-hmm. for a psychiatric illness and that she ran out. Right. And then she starts having visions. Like, right. That is well, the thing that makes us constantly question her. And now we also know that the reason she's on those medications, or it seems anyway, mm-hmm. is because of these behaviors when she was younger, which seem to be to be rooted in some kind of reality. Yeah, and, they have like an, an actual predictive power. Yeah, and it's, you know, we also don't know how effective those meds, like... If the medication has worked and all along she has not been having premonitions, does that, like, I don't really, Yeah, it's, like, all kind of tangled up here. But in any case, this is what, like, pushes Lottie to Laura Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which we know has, becomes really important down the line. This scene visually was set up so interestingly to me with Laura Lee and uh, Lottie together in the cabin. It was so, like, light and dark. Mm. Like, Laura Lee is, like, lit from behind with this angelic glow. And Lottie's sitting in the darkness looking at her. Mm-hmm. Laura Lee is wearing literally, like, Mary-coated clothing. Totally. Like, she's wearing, like, a light blue cardigan and a mm-hmm. white dress and her mm-hmm. hair tied back. Like, it's just so, like, biblically coated. Fully. And so this is really interesting. You were talking earlier about doubling. Mm-hmm. This, this is another next one. bit is back and forth, back and forth, back and forth between Laura Lee and Lottie at the lake and uh, Ty and Shauna in the woods mm-hmm. with, like, the self-abortion. Like, mm-hmm. it's literally birth and death and, like, baptism and, and all of this stuff all happening at the same time. You're right. Like, what is your your expectation for the abortion scene, right, is changed. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. Though I think you kind of know all along it's not going to, but fine. Um, although maybe not at the time because we know Shauna doesn't have a baby in 2021, and I don't remember when I watched this scene if I was expecting her to f- like, uh, like finish going through with it or not. I can't remember. I think, so I think a lot of this at this time period when this show first came out, I don't think a lot of people had done the math about Callie. People were thinking Callie like, was the baby. Callie was was often until people really got psycho about this show, mm-hmm. including myself, and started doing the math and realized there's no way time-wise that Callie could be the baby. Right. There was sort of a looseness around what had happened with the baby that I think. And also the the death that I'm referring to is not necessarily just the death of like her baby, but right. also like People die from these right, uh, like totally. self-administered abortions mm-hmm. constantly. And she's mm-hmm. in the woods with no medical care other than, as she says, Misty fucking Quigley. Yep. So it's like, it, to me, I was more concerned for Shauna in that moment than mm-hmm. any, I mean, obviously, but, right. of any like cluster right. of cells that yeah, she's carrying at totally. the moment. Um, um, but yeah, like the death that I'm thinking of was more like Shauna could have, we know she didn't die right. because we know she's alive in 2021, mm-hmm. but still. Yeah. Yeah, that is for the sure. danger that I felt. Mm-hmm. It's also fun is not the right word. There is something about them being stuck out on the wilderness with no like uh, authority and adult supervision, and Ty having to become the medical provider, and Laura Lee having to become the religious figure. Yeah, like these people who are so ill-equipped on both sides to do what yeah. they're doing, but taking on these roles and and. 
just like how that how that plays out throughout um yeah. 1996 especially w- with these two who do get with Lottie and Larley I'm thinking about now um who do have this kind of bond and then Ty and Shauna who also like I don't yeah. know yeah, no, it's true. And we see this with lots of other things later on in terms of like people shifting around into different roles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the leadership role obviously changes mm-hmm. hands a number of times, but other other things too. Um, I noticed again that when we're looking at Laura Lee and Lottie in the lake, we're seeing it like we're, be- we're like they're being watched. Mm-hmm. Like it's shot from very low in the water and like we're kind of looking at them from behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So it's it's flipping back and forth, but basically, like, uh, Shauna decides she can't do it. They're crying. They hug. We go back to the lake. I wept watching Lottie. them this time. It always gets me it's a so little hard. a little kind of choked up, but it really hit me this time. The the two of them, uh, they're so good. Just the like, there's so, the acting in this scene. I mean, like, everyone has talked about so uh, Sophie and Elise. And her acting in the birth scene. Mm-hmm. But this is where she first got me. Like her fear and panic and sadness and all of it all wrapped up in this whole little moment with Ty is so intense. I think you're totally right that that's why it hit me so much harder this time too. Because it's like it's an impossible choice no matter what she does. And she mm-hmm. you can see that so clearly. And just knowing that like... It she what she goes through later is so horrific, and not that this wouldn't also have been, and not that mm-hmm. I'm saying she made a right or wrong choice here. It and it's another instance of like like as I'm saying that that conversation she and Ty have early on about whether or not to go to the cabin, and she says like it, it wasn't a choice. I just did what I thought, and I feel like this is sort of what's happening here yeah. too. I think it's interesting. The thing that stuck out to me this time, too, is when they're talking, when she says, like, take it out, stop, and they're hugging. And she says, she says, I don't want to die is the, like, Mm -hmm. fear that's being expressed there. It's not, I don't want to lose this this baby. No, she desperately wants to lose the baby. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is, like, kind of. She desperately wants the pregnancy to be over. Yeah. I think it's kind of important to think about that that it's not that shauna as mother i think it's unfair to kind of put that on her you know and we see that we'll talk about the mash game later too but like it's not shauna again feeling for the quote-unquote like unborn life inside of her here at all no no she's just afraid of dying Mm -hmm. out there yeah and i also think that um like, not to bring the real world into this too much, but this came out pre the overturn of Roe, I believe. I know. And watching it now is just sort of like, good Lord. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, all through the 90s, like, abortion access was beginning to be attacked, mm-hmm. but, like, you could get one. Right. This is not something you watch and think, like, oh, I can't imagine how hard. No. And, like, thank God things are different in 2021 no. or 2024. Like, mm yeah, it's rough. Yeah. No, I think that's also why this was like, it gets harder to watch every time mm-hmm. because our situation keeps getting worse. Exactly. Totally. Um, but so we get this. I was really interested to rewatch this scene with Lottie in the sort of underground mm-hmm. mine, whatever tunnels. 
This time I wondered, so she sees this when she goes under the water. Are there actually tunnels under the lake? Like we thought about like, are there actually tunnels? Is it a mining thing? But I, for some reason to me this time, the connection between her being in the lake and mm-hmm. being sort of like submerged mm-hmm. and it's almost like she falls down into, into these tunnels. the tunnels. Yeah. I do have it in my head that we're going to find out that there is definitely some system of underground something. They've just hinted at it so yeah. many times. Yeah. Um, well, we know now there's caves under the trees. At the very least. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But this was so interesting because it's like how much of this is, again, we're having so many moments of this in this exact episode. Mm-hmm. Like how much of this is real? Because we've had two other quote unquote premonitions that actually are real that Lottie's mm-hmm. had, right? The the deer antlers and tie eating dirt. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is another hallucination, vision, premonition. We don't see the real version of this yet, but like, right. you know. Right. But like you said, at the very least, we know the caves, those like tree caves are there. Yeah. Or cave at, at, at the very least. Yeah. I, I think there's still more to be. Definitely. Learned because about, they have to but... survive the winter somehow, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, she emerges in this like underground wet hallway. She sees a deer underground. She follows it, finds stairs with like basically it looks like an altar, like yeah, a bunch it of looks candles. like a big altar. It's also impossible to look at this and not see the commune, her intentional community, mm-hmm. that place where she goes. We see her um, in one of the later episodes in season two, walking down a candlelit stairway to make a sacrifice. Um, Right. It also made me think of, you know, like Catholic and other Christian altars where you light a candle for the dead. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And And knowing that the next thing she sees is the explosion behind Laura Lee and Laura Lee mm -hmm. dies. Like Mm -hmm. it's sort of like almost she's pre-lighting a candle for Laura Lee a little bit. Yeah. Mm hmm. And it's, she says, I saw fire and light. And Laura Lee says, that's the Holy Spirit. You've been touched. But it's yeah. the Laura Lee fireball that's on its way. I know. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, mm-hmm. Laura Lee. I grew so, I grew to love that character so much. She's oh just so God, yeah. well-meaning. When when Lottie um, comes into the cabin and she's sweeping and looks like, it looks like Little House on the Prairie. And she says, cheese yes. and rice. <laughs> it's one of the best like little Laura Lee substitutions mm-hmm. for you know the girl who's afraid to say cunt of course she's not gonna yeah. say she's not gonna take the lord's name in vain exactly cheese and rice mm-hmm. it's so good um we have one more sort of nat and travis in the plane scene she with does... him being a dick again this is the continuation yeah. of her her, this is where her speech about double standards, the vaginas having monologues, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. She does laugh at him a lot, but I kind of like that she's not taking it seriously. And oh man, yeah. I have so there's so much about this scene to me that I keep getting stuck on. Where like everything I say comes, like everything I think, I'm like immediately because I'm like, it, you know, she's not taking it as serious, which I really like, and it's. The implication, I think, for Travis is she's not taking it serious because it's not such a big deal to her because she's had a lot of partners. And that's why he yeah. asks, what number would I be? But 
then she tells him it's only two and one of them is pretty fucked up situation anyway and it's like are we supposed to feel differently yeah but it's also like what is the show telling us like we're supposed to be surprised that nat has only had sex with two people and that this quote-unquote she says it means something to me like they're like i don't like the implication from the show there either that it's like so what if what if she was like 15 what if she was like i've had 15 partners travis like are we supposed to feel differently then no, but I have a different take on this. I feel like she is intentionally min- minimizing her experience to make mm-hmm. him feel better, right? Like, I know what you mean about the, like, you know, what if it was 15, right? But it is more realistic for a teenager at that time to have had a few partners. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, I think that, and I don't know. I obviously don't know what's in the showrunner's heads, but to me, this read as even if she doesn't feel bad about her experience, which clearly she doesn't, Mm -hmm. she is minimizing it and making it seem like almost like less fun and like more serious for his benefit. Mm -hmm. Like, cause she's saying, Oh, it was this one guy sophomore year and then this other really bad experience. But I don't know. I'm like putting myself in that situation at that time. And I think that, there were a lot of, wow, I shouldn't really expl- ex- expose myself like this, but there's like, there's things you do as a teenager where you're like, that was kind of fucked up, but like, it was fun. I'm a teenager. Who cares? Right. Right. But she's making it sound more traumatic and serious so that he feels better. Like, oh, these barely counted. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what really matters to me. I don't right. think necessarily that that's what she feels. I think she's just trying to make him feel better because she sees that he's reacting to her like lightness about this with such like fragility Mm -hmm. i don't know i might be reading too much into it but to me i don't feel like the showrunners are trying to be like oh you know it would be worse if she'd had more partners i think it's more she is taking what her experience actually is and making it sound less for him. I think it's so much about the conversation that Holden and Alyssa have outside of the hockey game in chasing mm-hmm. Amy, where yep. it's like, we, we never really know how Alyssa feels about her experience. And she is kind of trying to have it all the different ways when she's talking to him, where she's like, you don't get to judge me, but also some of it was fucked up, but also like, it all yeah. is super complicated, and maybe that's also what's going is. on here with yeah. Matt. Of course, yeah. I mean, being a teenage girl in the 90s and being sexually active was extremely complicated just inherently. Mm-hmm. And thinking about, like, the way that Nat's reacting to his chauvinism and his, like, he, I think that, I don't know, maybe I just relate really hard to her trying to appease him because she really likes him, but also feeling like... Um, I think I'm putting my brain into her head and being like, I would appease the person that I was with if I felt like they were threatened, but also I wouldn't then internally necessarily feel shame about it. Right. Right. Like I would just sort of be like, well, I have to do this. So this guy doesn't feel bad about himself. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I told you, I relate to that more than pretty much anyone <laughs> in the teen timeline. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I can, I, I can see it. In all of those different ways, I think. Yeah. Um, I think Nat continuously is the one with the 
most like they've given her a kind of exterior image and we see it in 2021 as well like and and then that is challenged over and over again like 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 I, yeah. I I say all the time you say all the time I think in general watchers of this show say all the time that like Nat is the one with the strongest moral compass she's also the one she like seems to feel things more than everybody else does like yeah. she's just so plugged in in a lot of ways which also explains why she's the one who is all like I shouldn't say already but like self-medicating mm-hmm. so much before she even gets out to the to the wilderness and well and not so to, she's just so complicated yeah and not to get real world psychological about it but like if you grow up with a neglectful set of parents an alcoholic parent a dangerous parent mm-hmm. you are hyper vigilant you right. are incredibly totally. aware of other people's emotional states yeah, and how to absolutely. manage them to keep your safety Mm-hmm. And like, I think that if you grew up that way, you are just so, so sensitive to what other people are feeling mm-hmm. and how to make them feel how you want them to feel so that you are comfortable and safe. Right. And I think that she's doing that with Travis in a way that she probably had to do it with her dad, like just mm-hmm. trying to manage his moods. Mm-hmm. Yeah probably thinking too far into that one, but I do think that that is that personality type that was raised Mm -hmm. by those types of people. You end up being the manager of other people. Right. Right. And we see how she, I gave her a hard time last week for how, or maybe the week before how she turned it on Kevin and let him think that she was interested in him or she's she is interested in him it made him think that like there was something to pursue there because she needed something um but it does come from this kind of kind of thing i think you're yeah. so right well and also i think that we have to separate out nat pre what's about to ha- what's about to happen mm-hmm. you know going forward and post like mm-hmm. earlier nat has a lot more life to her and i think that mm-hmm. Knowing, even at this point in the sixth episode, what Nat's life is like in 2021, it makes it hard to look at the earlier version of Nat and kind of remove that knowledge because I do think Mm -hmm. that she was a different person. She had a traumatic growing up and all of that, but she was definitely a different person pre the like downfall in the Mm -hmm. woods Mm-hmm. Then she, because the thing I noted late, we'll talk about it when we get to 2021, but the thing I wrote down was like, she can't experience joy no. in 2021. She has a moment that's supposed to be joyful and it immediately turns in her head. Like mm-hmm. she can't, she's like not in the same place, like physically, mentally, and emotionally as the people around her. Mm-hmm. And this hasn't happened to her yet in 96. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, Nat. I know. But they get the they get the deer, the mm-hmm. creepy deer. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they bring it back, everybody reacts to the deer's like shedding velvet. And we think for a second when Ben is like, "It's going to be okay," that like, yeah, it's going to be okay. But it's not okay. That deer is full of bugs. Well, and it is. There's so. Huh. Okay, first thing before even they've Shauna has her role has been cemented as the butcher. Yes. Ben doesn't even blink. He says Shauna do the honors. Yep. I know we've been talking about the show on mic for almost a year now, mm-hmm. 
But I still, this is one of those, this is a kind of thing that I still have such a hard time with. And what I was trying to articulate earlier, this is another piece of where it's like, there's the abortion scene being paralleled with the baptism scene. Mm. The abortion scene doesn't go the way that the people in the scene expect it to at first. We think as the audience for the better, like we're supposed to feel relief when she doesn't do it and the baptism happens and Laurelly thinks what she has seen is good and then this deer comes up mm-hmm. or they get this deer as a kind of which feels like the wilderness has sort of provided and we get versions of this later like when that bear lays down in front of Lottie and when the birds fall and like there there's so much with the animals here and then they cut it open and it's rotten inside which I know that like living creatures can have maggots. Like that's not to be but whatever, that seems... but that is a kind of therapy. But that is like it is full up with maggots. Yeah, no, it doesn't look like that's really possible. Like the way when she like, cuts it open, that it. Yeah, it's not like there was yeah. a wound or the yeah. deer was healing from something. Like, no, it's like like almost like it's been rotted out. Like, yes, exactly. Yeah. And How then, do we explain that? I don't know. But then the thing that happens right after this, we said that we were going to bring up when um, there's like connections like this. Mm-hmm. But basically, it goes from them coming back with the deer to um, Nat in bed with Kevin. And there's a little bit of jumping back and forth between Nat and Travis and Nat and Kevin in this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... I think the like teen romantic in me would be like, well, she's just using Kevin and, and uh, Travis is her true partner. But right. actually Travis is like kind of a mess, uh, misogynist dick. And yeah. Kevin is a real person with a child mm-hmm. and a wife or ex-wife mm-hmm. and like real world concerns. And that is mm-hmm. just not in the present to she experience can't. that with him. Yeah. It's really sad. It is crazy from Kevin's point of view if i'm kevin though i will say we haven't gotten here yet i am not bringing nat to my kids whatever anyway i know but yeah it is like yeah i don't know Nat really yeah we'll talk about it when we get there but i i do think that there was some interesting stuff there for me about like the people that you were close to in high school and how even though you know you're wildly different now you still try to like bring that with you into the present. Right. Right. You know, right. and she's totally romanticized her memories of Travis. Yes, like absolutely. I keep getting fooled by the Travis didn't believe on all that stuff line. Even this just, just in the last couple of weeks, I use that as evidence right. and we know it's not true. Right. We know it's not true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Lottie sees this as another sign that she's not crazy because she mm-hmm. saw this deer in the woods mm-hmm. and she's correct. Mm-hmm. She, you know, either she, yeah, had a premonition and then it came true or she actually saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one more thing for Ty to be like, I'm fucking out of here, guys. We got to get out. Yeah. I got to get help. Mm-hmm. Um, which we know goes so well. You know, it's funny. Real quick, though, Larley, Lottie says, I'm not crazy. Larley says, no, you have a gift. Mm-hmm. Not the only two options. There are so many. <laughs> there are so many options here. It's not a binary. Uh, <laughs> yeah, decision. even a little bit, but no. sure. Yeah. Oh, total side note thing. I should have 
little tiny thing I noticed that I thought I wanted to mention during the Mm -hmm. abortion scene. She's got the underwire. She's got like a towel. She's got the sea breeze. Did you (laughs) notice this? It's still the only antiseptic they have. She has the sea breeze. I didn't realize that it was sea breeze. I realized she did have, um, in my head, it was a bottle of alcohol, just the way I filled it in. But, but of course, it's it the sea breeze. Was the sea which, breeze again? I mean, it just listen, fucking kills me. It's it's very funny, but also I would trust it. You were, I mean, that if you've encountered sea breeze, yeah. yeah, no, it's like oh, acid. Yeah, yeah. So no, that's true. That's true. She was really doing. She like, like I do think they. She might have been all right. <laughs> Other than I don't know how Ty's grasp of anatomy is. That was my biggest fear for her in that scene was not like infection or anything like that. It was, does Ty know what she's poking around at? What are you doing? Yeah. 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 No, any, anyone who put that shit on their face in the nineties knows Mm -hmm. that it could like, I can smell it now. I know. I know. I can like feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I love 2021. I love this 2021. I love that we get to see Randy. So much good happens. Not no. So much good doesn't happen in this episode. No. Good doesn't happen in the show very often at all. No. There's so much useful information and fun in the dark way that the show can often be fun. Yes. In this 2021. Yeah. And the fact that Randy is a Jets fan just fully tracks. As someone whose father was a Jets fan Mm -hmm. and like the long suffering nature of mm-hmm. again no one cares about this but me but there are the sort of establishment well funded winning teams and then there's the underdog teams right mm-hmm. and there, this flips a little bit here and there like the islanders had a nice run in the 80s but for the most part in the 90s in my childhood the jets were terrible the mets were terrible after 86 the nets were terrible and the islanders were terrible after the mid 80s Mm-hmm. And the Rangers, um, Yankees, and Giants were the teams to me that the it's the underdog thing, right? Like so right. the 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 teams that my dad liked and that Randy. The whole point of this is that Randy's wearing a Jets jersey, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the loser teams. Right. Those are the underdog right. teams. Those are the teams uh-huh. that you root for, even though you know they may never win, and they're going to disappoint you every fucking year, mm-hmm. right? And so when I saw Randy wearing that Jets jersey, I was like, like, of of course, course, of course, of course. And like Jeff strikes me as like a Yankees fan, as much as I love Jeff. Mm -hmm. He was the captain. You know, he was like big shot, popular high school guy. He was probably a Yankees fan. Mm -hmm. So anyway, little Hmm. uh, very specific tri-state area sports (laughs) trivia there. Listen, that's what we bring to this show. You go listen to The Ringer if you want something else. I don't know what to tell you. It's true. Yeah. This is our specific uh, point of view. Uh-huh. Um, but he's he's uh, he's at the hotel because he's going through, he and Tammy are going through one of their little divorces. It's so perfect. That's everything you need. Him holding the ice bucket in the jet yep. shirt. His wife's yeah. name is Tammy. Like and pajama every- pants. Oh, it's yeah. just perfect. Going through one of our little yeah. divorces right now. Yeah. And Shauna is such a bad liar. She's such and a always, bad liar. Yeah. Yes. She's never been good at this. No. Again, the book club. That's like her number one defense is book club. Mm-hmm. I've never seen her hold a book, but no. she's got a lot of book clubs. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
you think maybe she's there to meet Adam again, just all the layers of secrets happening. I mean, you and I don't think that, but one might think that, um, though it does like, uh, it says a lot about Randy that he doesn't question what she's doing there at all. He he buys that bad lie hook, line and sinker. Nobody else would, but fine. Well, he like, you can, you realize there as the season goes on that he kind of worships Jeff and Shauna, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like their relationship, but also her. Cause she was on the team. He has yeah. the, the yellow jackets tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Randy. Yeah. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but she's meeting Nat and Ty. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. Why is Nat so mean to Shauna right away? I had, I wrote this down too. For some reason, when I first watched this, it didn't trigger anything in me, but like yeah. Nat and Shauna, as far as we know in 96 so far, haven't had any major right? reasons to hate each other. I was trying other. to remember if there was, so, I was trying to remember if there was something I forgot, yeah. but I don't think so. No, I wrote this down too. I said like, why the animosity? You is know? he still hawking futons? Yeah. is mean. Very. Yeah. No, there's clearly, like, some no love lost between the two of them, which mm-hmm. makes me think that later on, maybe, if we've got a warring clans theory happening, right. maybe they're right. not on the same side. Yeah. You know, because there which, is something there that we are not aware of. Right. Which is interesting because Nat is the one who doesn't believe all this shit. It's not, it's not Travis. Mm-hmm. Because... <laughs> It's not Travis. If you're my brother, my brother and me listener, you love that I just said that. Let me know if you are. Um, <laughs> but it's not Travis. And, and like we know Nat's the one who doesn't go for the blessings or blah, blah, blah. Shauna, am I, has never been like. No. It really into been... it either, right? No. And no. in fact, what am I talking about? She's the one who beats Lottie almost to death. <laughs> like, Yeah. But I do think that. What we see happening with Nat being crowned at the end of season two. There's a new there's a new person. era coming through. Right. But also Shauna and a few other people in that crowning moment, that like knighting that Lottie does of Nat, have thought that maybe it was them. You know, like there's this oh, moment right. when Lottie says That's the wilderness right. has already chosen. I forgot about that. And You're like sh- half expecting Shauna to like stand up. Shauna and Misty both like look like they're about That's to get up. Right. And, I forgot about that. Yeah. And so, and also huh. we see at the end where Ben is trying to convince Nat to hide with him mm-hmm. in the cave. So mm-hmm. I do wonder if like when we see the scenes of in the pilot of Nat as the antler queen and Misty serving the food and all of that. We don't know that Shauna is there. Right. Like, it's sort of... Or if she is... Yeah, that's that's a really good point. So, I mean, it could be if we do have a sort of a split coming that Nat and Shauna were on different sides of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's that conversation. It hasn't happened yet. But when Shauna and Ty are talking... And now I don't remember exactly where this happens but they're talking and shauna asks ty why she keeps paying for Mm -hmm. that's rehab and all and that's when she says that line that we all hold so tightly to which is we wouldn't have survived if it weren't for nat or or, or forget the exact word i think that's coming up actually i think that happens in the car when they're doing the blackmail handoff okay yeah and so even that there's something where that true that reality is 
much more present and Ty is much more aware of it than Shauna is because if if Shauna felt the same way you know what I mean yeah, like she doesn't seem to have the, any like gratitude or anything towards yeah. or our obligation towards exactly that. exactly um so but yeah so they're looking but at she's the pictures. so mean yeah she's so mean they're looking at the pictures of um Travis's autopsy and this is so I have been all along sort of a postcard truther like mm-hmm. someone who doesn't necessarily think that Jeff sent the postcards as well as the texts. This scene kind of pushes back against that for me because she didn't get the texts. She didn't get the postcards. Yeah. I've been with you on that to an extent as well. I think just cause I think it's more fun, but I gave up on it last week when we saw him use the symbol in that text message. Yeah. So we know he knows. I think it's still possible, but this episode really kind of made me question myself. And, like, why I was thinking that way, because, yeah, like, she didn't get the text. She didn't get a postcard. Misty and Ty and um, Nat all got both. It's pretty sloppy of Jeff. Although maybe not because it depends on how it's. Huh. Well, he doesn't know that they're still in touch necessarily. Well, right. Number one. Number two, he doesn't want to panic Shauna, right? Mm-hmm. If Shauna got that text whatever like of course she would yeah and then he'd have to tell her so yeah and shauna says it has to be someone from the team they they wonder if it could be jess roberts mm-hmm. nat they treat her like a child and she acts like a child mm-hmm. like and i it's sort of which came first you know right, because right. they're like acting like she's an idiot and she's mm-hmm. like taunting them by threatening to call even though they don't want her to mm-hmm. yeah she says to, to ty you know i don't like when you yell at me I really liked yeah. that line. Yeah. I, I love anything that reminds us that these adult girls have the history. It's the same people in 96. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you're like, when did Ty yell at Nat back mm-hmm. in 96? Mm-hmm. Um, and Shauna's got this great plan of tracking, getting the money and then tracking it, which she says it like she's a citizen detective. Yeah. She's so like, yeah. Like, obviously, this is what we yeah, do. Yeah, obviously. This is the thing about Shauna being a bad liar, but f- but being really confident in her own yes. abilities over everybody else's. Yes. Like. Yeah. And, you know, we find out pretty quickly that it is a terrible idea. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the person who we find out later was Jeff dumps the tracker immediately. Of course. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. We do get a good, we get a few of these throughout the series because these people are always keeping secrets from each other. But when Shauna realizes how much has happened that she doesn't know about, and she's like, does the blackmail Travis maybe being murdered and this one playing buddy cop with Misty Misty fucking fucking Quigley just about cover it? Yeah. Yeah. Because they, yeah, somebody asks if they should loop Misty in and they're Mm -hmm. like, no, but Misty is looped in obviously because she's spying on them. Yeah. Yeah. God, Misty. Yeah, we the next time we see her, she's leaving work <clears throat> with her stolen drugs. Mm-hmm. Clearly, nobody at that place likes her. Yeah, it is. Uh... I mean, and it always, always, always how much Misty knows versus how much is her being delusional about the people around her. Like when she says, I'm bringing cronuts, yeah. it kind of sounds like, fuck you guys. Yeah. Like, but also, yeah, I just. Yeah. Yeah. It's I so mean, hard to know with her. If we go back to when she was on that date in the beginning, like, and we were talking about how we think that she clearly knows that like she's manipulating him 
mm-hmm. and knows that he doesn't necessarily want to come inside, but she's going to figure out a way to get him inside anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, she puts some more drugs in the giant bag of drugs that she has she's... in her truck. Yeah. This, the impression is that she's been collecting these for a period of time yeah. and just yeah. knowing the timeline of this show with how little time has passed since episode one, it's like, what was she I don't imagine all of this yeah. was just this week for you Jessica be prepared, Roberts. Andrea. Exactly. You gotta, no, you gotta have a room set up in your you basement. You never know when you're gonna. You never know when you're gonna run into a rogue reporter mm-hmm. that you're gonna need to drug. Gotta mm-hmm. be ready. Gotta be ready. It's also like I'm like, is this what would have happened to the guy on the date if Nat hadn't been there? Like, who knows what Misty does? Yeah, yeah, and like, has she used that room before? Exactly. All of those questions. Yeah. This is another, so right after this, we see Shauna put the postcard in her pocket while she's standing in the kitchen and immediately Jeff mm-hmm. coming in. And again, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, maybe I was too hasty because it's like such a specific, like, boom, boom. Like she has the mm-hmm. postcard, she puts it in her pocket, Jeff walks in. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe. Yeah, if she'd still had it in her hand, the jig would be up. Like that timing is right. so important. Right, right, right. Yeah. And they're going to go to brunch with Jackie's parents for her birthday. <sighs> yeah. God. I love, I love the brunch scenes. They're so hard to watch. They're so funny, though. Like, yeah. it's such a character study on, like, like, we want to feel bad for the grieving parents, but they're such mm-hmm. assholes, it's really hard, too. Like. It's also, so, like, put it on the bingo card, I think. Um Sometimes the show feels so grounded and so serious and so real. And then other times it is, like I said, Yellow Jackets is a comedy and it feels so outlandish. Yeah. And that's some of what I love so much about it is the way all of that can exist together. These scenes are so silly. Yeah. Like even down to she made tuna quiche. That's not a thing. Yeah. It sounds disgusting. It just is so silly. I also like that we get to see more here of the relationship between Shauna and Jeff beyond just parenting Callie, yeah. right? Like, yeah. she is being Shauna, where she says, like, I don't even like my daughter. And Jeff like is, daughter. like, trying to smooth it over, but he knows she's being serious. <laughs> he says it's a joke, uh, an inside joke. Yeah. And she shakes her head yeah. like, nope, no, nope. it's not. No, nope. totally not. <laughs> yeah. No, it's she- like, I just, I'm trying to remember back to when I first watched this and we're still suspicious of Jeff and think he's cheating, right? Mm-hmm. But then we're presented with this other side of him that's very defensive of his wife and very, no. like, you know, standing up for her mm-hmm. to the parents of the girl that he was dating when she died, yeah. you know? It's well, like very sweet. We learn, we learn a little later too, like, we think of Jeff as being a little oblivious and he is, there's no mm-hmm. book club, whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but he really does understand who he was to Jackie and what he was doing with Shauna back then and on all of that in a way that is like a little, it's a little surprising. Yeah. Well, and it reminds me of like, it's this hint at an emotional depth to him and an emotional mm-hmm. intelligence that we don't really see otherwise, but we do mm-hmm. see it later on when he's talking to Callie in the next yeah, season totally. when suddenly we were like, oh, he's actually a really good dad in some ways, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of the Jeff we see here too. Yeah. He's, but just to, before we get to that, you get how much they lay into, and it is like, like you said, you want to feel bad for these parents. They lost their daughter in a really tragic way. And then her best friend married 
her high school boyfriend Mm -hmm. and they're trying to kind of plug her in as a sort of surrogate like giving her presents that they think jackie would have loved and it's all of that is really hard but then also saying stuff like you know Jackie would have been so happy for you because she was so incredible and you two are a better match. You're both the type to be content. You don't want more than you have. You just can't be remarkable and raise a family. Yeah. Which is like so it's not even backhanded. It's front. It's just it's just nasty. It's so insulting. And also not true. Yeah. I don't I know. I know how you feel about stay. I'm kidding. I'll cut that. Oh, yeah. No, it's also not true. You're right. And then they this is where I get People do this all the time in movies and shows. They Wait. offer to pay for Callie's oh, okay, yeah. college education. Yeah. And Shauna refuses. And you can see Jeff wanting to be like, whoa, 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 yeah. hold on a second. But he doesn't yeah. argue with her in front of them, which is, again, go good good for you, Jeff. Yeah. But, like, just say, I, Shauna, we know how much money you have in her college fund because you told us and her. Yeah. Let these people, like, then it's like, fine. You want to berate me for a few hours once a year, but you're going to pay for my kid's college? Like, I could deal with it. Yeah. No, and also in this moment, we don't know yet that Jeff is, like, in debt to a fucking loan shark. Yes, And that's why he is bribing them. Right. Yeah. He's, I mean, the panic in his his mind at that point is more than we know at the time. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, But we do have that brief jump to Ty trying to get money out of the joint account. With her son just sitting there. Like, she's she not a, think anyone listens to anything you say. No, she's a bad mom. Yeah, she is a bad mom. No. It's so funny because I do the thing here where I'm like, Simone is being such a pain in the ass. But Simone is right. Yeah. Like, yeah. both of those things are true. Yeah. They're taking him I mean, to she's, a child psychologist. Yeah. Well, she says the woman I saw out there yesterday is not the woman I married. And like. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's other tie. Yeah. Like, that was not. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, when uh, when Ty says, like, you made the appointment without telling me, mm-hmm. I was like, how blind can you be to what you just did? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, and Ty does the thing. I just said, like, that wasn't Ty. You're right. That was other tie. But we talk all the time about how that line is very blurry ty does the thing that she's been doing since day one where she tries to flip it like she lies so this is our dream giving up on it felt like giving up on us that's not what you were doing that's not what you were doing at all so manipulative she her tone of voice changes too she gets very like needly and like Mm -hmm. you know like she's trying to persuade her by being really sweet exactly i kind of like that you could see simone's not buying it she's like you're gonna be at that fucking appointment i forget exactly what she says but she's like i'm no we're not doing this yeah yeah she's like if it's really about the family you'll fucking be there Mm -hmm. yeah exactly we get the uh the scene now in jackie's room that has Mm -hmm. like a flashback within it Mm -hmm. i want that asbury park shirt so bad i know it's such a good shirt well, that and the scene in, I think, the pilot where it shows specifically Asbury is what mm-hmm. led us to believe all along that these are Monmouth County kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. But her room is a, a museum. It is exactly mm-hmm. the same mm-hmm. 25 years later. So sad. She's getting texts from Adam that are getting more and more, like, aggressive and sexual. Yeah. He needs to... He needs like, to relax a little. It's 2021. We're not double yeah. texting. Like, 
if you're looking <laughs> a little desperate, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Then we get the much-picked-apart uh, journal. We've we've been here before. We don't need to go down the line of, like, what are the songs? What are the, you know, movies? It's so funny, though. How could you have thought anything other than Jackie made it back and died later? Because of the time frame, yeah. The, the Like, the movies and all that are listed there. And now we know that's not true. We knew that was not true, you know, not too long after this. But it's like... I, there's still the thought that maybe the journals were faked by Shauna yeah. later. It, it seems just crazy, but it does seem crazy to me. And I don't know like to what end. Right. Um, I think it's just an oversight. It's, it's just, just like a continuity error, but it's such a big one. I know. Well, but they, like they've said a million times, they don't, they did not expect people to be screenshotting this. Right. Right. I think the point is just like, look, they were just regular teen girls. And now, yeah, now look, uh, yeah, because her lists are crazy. I know, <laughs> like some of them are just wild. Yeah, I did note that she uh, included um, "Give Me One Reason" on there. We just yeah. had that great. Did you see the fast car, Jody? I've watched it and wept so many times. I the first time it came across my like timeline that night, like uh-huh. immediately after it aired, it was like I was on Instagram or something, and it started mm-hmm. to play, and I started to cry and swiped up because I was like, I can't watch this. Oh, I cannot like, have these emotions. Uh-huh. I can't have these emotions right now. I'm not in the mood. And then I went and watched it on purpose later a whole bunch of times. It's incredible. And I have two different camps of people I'm annoyed with. One are the people who just because they'd never heard of Tracy Chapman think that she is suddenly like that. I couldn't get over it. I don't that. think my eyes could roll any further back in my and head. The people acting like she didn't get the record. Like, sh- like she hasn't she been nominated. Like, fucking like, huge. We were, I was so, obsessed with her. Like not that I don't think I think everybody all the time. The fact that there are people now who don't know who Tracy Chapman was mm-hmm. or no. I mean that is a problem. But that's their problem. That's not Tracy's problem. Those people are annoying. And then I also saw a lot of people being like really wanting to dissect why we all had such a big reaction to that as if yeah. the reaction isn't just that Tracy Chapman is fucking amazing and she did an incredible version of that like incredibly beautiful moving song. What are we it was and it did feel so like so good to see her there looking. She just like it, it was she just incredible. Great. Oh, yeah. And, and also, sounded amazing. Oh. And the audience swell yeah. as they realized, like, what they were watching yeah. and how good she sounded and all was really amazing. Well, that's the but thing. Be- like, I think that all that over-analysis of the reaction is ignoring the fact that for the, like, for as far as we know, for all of human existence, people singing together has been an emotional thing. Right. And like, like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, of course, that the harmonies, the way they were Ugh. singing together, the way he looked at her, like... I'm going to cry again. I know. All of it was so beautiful. And the crowd's yeah. reaction, like you said, like, mm-hmm. it's just a human reaction to a really beautiful human moment. Like... I don't... And I know that... Why are we uh, What I'm about to say is a crazy thing to say on this podcast. Uh-huh. But... The instinct to just overanalyze and overintellectualize things sometimes that can that should what just are we be, doing here, Andrea? <laughs> I listen. Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. All of these things can be true at the same time, and I it. But it's just like get out of Tracy's way. Like stop. Yeah. Leave it. Like just let it be. It was so yeah. incredible. I, I mean, the nice part about it is like I'm sure that she is. I think she's like back on the charts with that song and like people mm-hmm. are buying her music again as they mm-hmm. should. Mm-hmm. Give me one reason is an amazing song. 
Also. Oh my god. That's I mean like Fast Car is probably the greatest song ever ever written and recorded. I think it's it's definitely in my top 5. It is almost certainly in my top 3. It might be. Yeah. I you could probably make a super cut of me saying something is probably my favorite song yeah. just on the show alone. Yeah. But that song is huge for me and for so many other people of course. All of that to say her body of work in general is incredible. Yeah, it's absolutely. not like but I think people I, I I think there are a lot of people looking at her now who this was new to them probably think of her as like a one hit wonder, which yeah. is well so... and she had such a unique voice back then. Mm-hmm. I mean like now it still sounds unique, it still sounds singular, but like the kind but of it's music a, such that an was... influence yeah. on stuff now that it yeah, yeah, the kind of music that was out it was it did feel not, maybe it wasn't that different than other things that were being made, but it was different that it became so commercially popular, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that it was on the radio totally. constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's our little Tracy Chapman corner. Yes. Chase, Tracy Chapman appreciation moment. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a fantastic top 10 list. Killing Me Softly is an incredible song. Yeah. Always Be My Baby. Like, yeah. she she crushes it with this list. So we'll, we'll give her that. Yeah. Um, her movies list is wild. The Birdcage, The Cable Guy, Romeo and Juliet, Jumanji, I just, Scream, this is another reason why Matilda, The English Patient, and The Craft. What? Yeah. Well, and this is why it's like, I understand, I don't want to speculate about what's actually going on here, but what I do want to talk about a little bit more is how I can understand why everybody was so obsessed with this, because knowing Jackie, yeah. this is not a list she would much of this is not something you would expect to be on a list of her top 10 movies of all time. Right. Like Matilda is a Shauna movie. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And like the cable guy, like that's a Jeff movie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This is just, they picked. I could see her really liking fear. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And like striptease Mm -hmm. and the craft, obviously that's Mm -hmm. an obvious one. Yeah. Yeah. But it is like, the birdcage is such a weird choice I for know. any of them. I know. But especially Jackie. Yeah. Yep. I, these are some of my favorite movies from <laughs> from the time. But, like, yeah. God, that Romeo and Juliet. And then movie characters I could be. I don't think I have these also, written down. Jody, this list is crazy. Tell me. It's crazy. First of all, it's. Rose from Titanic. Of course. Of course. It's um the main uh is her name is her name Kat, uh Ten Things I Hate About You. Mm-hmm. Um, which sure. She Angela, the lead from American Beauty, the like beautiful short, like I yeah. could see whatever. But then it's wait, hold on, hold on. I have told you everything's going on. Cher from Clueless, sure. But then it's Veda from my they have their last name wrong. It's Veda Sultanfuss. It says like Sultan Tess or something, which is weird. But it's Veda from My Girl. Oh. Which is a movie about a nerdy, yeah, a beautiful but nerdy girl whose best friend dies. Hmm. Um, and another crazy one is Mia from, uh, is, uh, it's Uma Thurman from, uh, Pulp Fiction. Huh. Why? Yeah. Why is that a movie character you could be? It's so it's just such a yeah. hodgepodge. But the f- hilarious one for me is she picks Torrance from Bring It On, who I didn't realize her last name is Shipman. What? Torrance Shipman, it I says in the journal. <laughs> Don't you think 
reading that, you're like, oh, Shauna wrote this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's wish no, fulfillment. I absolutely get the <laughs> that conspiracy theory thinking about that list. hundred yeah. percent. Like and it like, almost feels like it almost feels like Jackie started it and Shauna and, finished and it. And Shauna finished you it. You know, because the, yeah. the the first are definitely Some like romantic lead main character, popular pretty girl mm-hmm. roles. Right. And then the last bit gets like weird weird yeah it's so strange yeah i would love to talk to whoever wrote these lists um i know it's possible it's not even it's not even ashley and and bart that it was the like set you know whatever like i have we have no way of knowing and i would just love to know yeah her must-sees are also very funny primal fear i love that movie yeah kingpin Kingpin. and then yeah a bunch of comedies uh black sheep and happy gilmore two of my favorites yeah Um, so i don't know i don't know it's I, I know we said we don't need to talk about it, and then we did just talk about it, but it, it is baffling. Um, I was looking back to see what people's reactions were to this at the time, again, just because. And I did find a Reddit entry where somebody said, I saw someone on Twitter counted 16 ceramic bunnies in Shauna's house, which means Jackie's parents started giving them to her in t- 2005. If they crashed in spring of 1996 and were rescued 19 months later, all of the math here, that would be about fall 1997. So if Jackie's parents started doing memorial things to the bunnies in 2005, that's eight years that Jackie could have been around for. This show made us insane, and Jackie it made us freezes nuts. to death soon, At, and yeah, it's just gone. Very soon. And we're out yeah. here reading Somebody journal was entries, counting the bunnies, and counting ceramic bunnies. Wow, they did this to wow. us. They did. Yeah, well, they did it to you. I didn't have time. I watched this movie in a <laughs> COVID fueled fever dream. So the series, I was not yes. counting or series. I. Was not counting yeah. ceramic bunnies. I would have been. You are lucky that I didn't catch this episode one. I would have been. I you did, did not, not count ceram- ceramic bunnies, but I definitely spent a bit of time with that journal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how, I mean, of course. How yeah. could you not have? Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to. Yeah. Well, I think the thing that was the most interesting to me about this scene specifically was when so she sees herself and Jackie as young kids talking about Jeff and like this whole, like, does he like me? Do I like him? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like typical teen stuff. But then right after that, she and teen Jackie are talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And Jackie says, it's not your fault. And Shauna said something like, I know. And she's like, do you? Cause it was your fault. It was your fault. But we were kids. And at the time we don't know what that means. Like mm-hmm. what was her fault? She thinks maybe like the cheating with Jeff or we right. think maybe that's the cheating with Jeff. But it's actually it's Jackie the, dying. Right. It's the fight that drove Jackie out into the cold. Yeah. And then Jeff comes in. He's being so supportive. <laughs> yeah. Well, because he's, I know, he says, like, we can leave if you want. Yeah. But it's funny because they set you up here a little bit. She says, do you ever wish? And you know that Jeff knows. And he doesn't say anything there. He just says, do you want to go? Yeah. Which is, like, kind of the best way to... I. Not the not responding, but he's being yeah. supportive in the way that he he can there. We're being like, she's clearly in distress. Yeah. My instinct is to try to get her out of it. Yeah. There's a couple of times here where I think they're playing with us and playing with our assumption that he's cheating. There right. was a, in the car later. There's another moment where mm-hmm. he's saying all the right things, but there is a he says something like, I was the high school boyfriend. She would have done to me anyway, mm-hmm. where you're kind of meant to think like, oh, so. Maybe he is here because he feels like it would have happened anyway, but I don't think that's actually the case. I think that because no. he follows it up immediately with like you and I have built something. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he's so I love him in the scene when he because she the mom keeps being an asshole and he's mm-hmm. like he starts soft. He's like, Shauna got into Brown, you know? Yeah. Like Shauna's pretty smart. Yeah. He says she's the smartest person I've ever met. And he says, are you a genius? You should yeah. take one of those tests. <gasps> it's so sweet. It's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. He handles this so well mm-hmm. because he doesn't blow up at them. No. He just shuts them down. Yeah. Makes it clear what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know? And he doesn't even say, like, because he could have been, like, Jackie was a mean, like, airhead, whatever. Who, right. Like, he could have been that. But he doesn't. He says, the truth is, Jackie was amazing. But so is my damn wife. Mm-hmm. And she still is. Mm-hmm. Ah, Jeff! <laughs> we love Jeff. Um, we have the, the psychology scene now. I wrote, I wrote down this time, the two-way mirror is a bit much. Like, it feels a little over the top for, like, a child psychologist. I don't think that's like, ever. That, that, yeah. I don't. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, me too. But, but it I don't like think a lot. Yeah. So the we learn here that Sammy is denying all of it and doesn't. And that the psychologist now is reiterating that he doesn't believe he did any mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Which, Psychogenic fugue. Right. Maybe dissociative amnesia. Which are. <laughs> yeah. Things Ty, Ty might be familiar with. Hey, Ty. Yeah. 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 Calls coming from inside the house, Ty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's getting, like, emails or phone calls or texts or whatever during it. Mm-hmm. And Simone's getting more and more annoyed. Understandably so. Yeah. This is one of those instances where I'm like, I know that we're not the most sympathetic when it comes to Simone all the time. Yeah. But come but on, turn the Ty. Phone off. Yeah. Like. Turn the phone off. Jesus. Yeah. She's very Jersey, too, on the ride home with how she doesn't want to believe the shrink. Yeah. Like, it's such a, like... Yeah. Come on. I know. It's also very Jersey, which I think we said already, how when she almost hits a guy on a bike, (laughs) the guy flips her off (laughs) and rides away. The fuck are you doing? That's so good. Um, This is this show, again, doubling, tripling. We already talked about this because... The show is paralleling things that have already drawing parallels and also mm-hmm. foreshadowing all at the same time. Yep. This is pointing us back to another child who is possibly has supernatural abilities or is going through some mental health something. Also, also positioned f- in the car in the same way. Exactly. That Sammy is. Like they're Lottie and absolutely Sammy in the center. Parallel. Like, yeah. Both in their own worlds, both like not paying attention to their parents. Yeah. Which yeah. is so funny because you could read that as see, we know that. Lottie has supernatural powers, so you should believe that Sam yeah. does too. Or look at how trauma keeps, you know what I mean? Like affecting yeah. children or, you know. Yeah. But then it is also foreshadowing one of the most horrific things that happens in this show where Ty purposefully crashes the car and puts yeah. Simone in a coma. Yeah. And all of that is happening at once in this little scene. It's yeah. crazy. We go back to Nat here. Mm-hmm. This is, it's so hard to watch her, like, have these brief moments of normalcy. Mm-hmm. Like, we're actually not to the soccer game scene yet, but we're, she's, this is, we find out that she is going to sell her car. So she's cleaning mm-hmm. the rifle. Ty calls and says she can't get the money. And so Nat's like, I'll get it. Her, this is another Juliette Lewis beautiful line delivery. The way she says, fine, I'll get it. I'm not even going to try to, yeah. maybe I'll drop it in here. 
because it's it's just so perfectly light but about something so serious yeah. it reminds me of the her silly walk later yeah. in season two yeah. that i love so much where she's like she just picks these weird little moments to be a little bit silly but in a way that is really disarming and yeah and she does there's something here. about the way she says okay there when they're getting off the phone too mm-hmm. that's like really uh pointed mm-hmm. oh, she says how are you gonna when she says i'll get it she says how are you gonna sell your soul yeah rough yeah rough yeah. when she leaves the motel i noted originally that there's some kids throwing around a paper airplane behind her oh hmm. yikes why do people keep showing up when Nat is about to leave without giving her a heads up. I, you know, you could text, right? Come on, Kevin. Like, reach out. Be just, like, hey, I'm going to go get some food. You want to come? Yeah. It just feels like such a weird... Maybe this is just my horrifically introverted self being like... People just showing up at your house? Is like my biggest nightmare, but... Yeah. Kevin, come no, on. No, my closest friends in the world don't just show up at my yeah. house. Because they're your closest friends in the world and they yeah, know better. They know to text first. Exactly. Like, what if you were busy? But yeah, he pulls up, he brought her food, and they go to the car dealership to sell her car. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says something when he asks her, like, why I, Why are you selling it? She says, I was a different person when I bought it. Right. Which I hope, I hope, and we've we've heard some hints of this, that season three may include when they get home mm-hmm. and what happens then. And so it would be interesting to see, like, what Nat, what type of person that ends up being after they get back they could do a lot to repair how terrible i feel about the story she's gotten by giving mm-hmm. us a little bit of her like healing oh, even just a little bit when I they know. get back having some moments of good because it is so sad to just think about how little she has had in her life to yeah. feel good about I know. And this, so, well, I'll bring it up when we get to the soccer game, but um, we get a quick, this is where we get the quick jump to Jeff and Shauna driving home and that conversation about how he doesn't have any regrets. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when they're at the soccer game, he introduces her to Nat. And this was so heartbreaking to watch because there's a moment where she's playing along with the like, I'm just a normal friend that showed mm-hmm. up to this soccer game with your dad. And mm-hmm. I was on this team and here's my tip for you. And it works. And he scores a goal. And she has this like little, you can see it on her face. The way that Juliet Lewis takes this moment. She like has this quick moment of joy when he scores a goal. And then mm-hmm. it just all falls out of her face. Yeah, and so she sad. turns and walks away because she cannot experience just joy for no reason. It has to be tied back to something traumatic. And it also any any time this is such a little thing, but any time we're reminded that these were really talented young women yeah. who had everything taken from them, and that's an example of it where like she plugs right back into that talent that like and mm-hmm. that like passion for the thing that she loved to do, like the the heart and the mind want to move toward good, but she just yeah. can't let it happen. It's so sad. Well, and the same thing reiterates that here, where she calls herself crazy, and he says. I don't, you're not crazy. You've been through a lot and that's okay with me. Mm -hmm. And they like hold hands and you see this brief moment of like her going towards something that would be theoretically healthier, you know, more stable, Mm -hmm. more normal. Um, but she can't, she can't do it. Yeah. It is. Um, it is so sad. (laughs) Right after this, I wrote Misty is in her creepy basement watching Nat and Kevin have sex and mixing drugs. 
I wrote, Mrs. Making Drugs and Watching Her Stories. Yeah. There you go. She's just... She should be in... I mean, I know she should be in jail for a million reasons. Yes. But for this alone... Yes. Yes. Uh, she's such a... I, she's Sometimes I feel like she's almost in her own show because she's so yeah. darkly comedic. Yeah. Like, it That's reminds what I me mean. of, like, a funny version of that good nurse movie that I've talked about mm-hmm. before. The mm-hmm. um, the nurse in New Jersey that, like, murdered a million people. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, she's yeah. just in her own black comedy on the side. It is wild how this show does all of it. And it's not, I was going to say it balances it so well, but it's not really about balance. It's almost like they don't care, which I love. that They're just kind of yeah. like, sometimes you get a Misty, and sometimes you get what we just talked about with Nat, which is so sad and so tragic. And then here we are giggling at Misty doing something horrific. Yeah. Like, well, and that is how I think most of us probably would react to this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a sociopath, your reaction to being in the woods and eating your friends is one thing. But if you right. are most, I think, feeling human beings, your reaction is definitely closer to gnats. Totally. You know, like if if I if I put myself in that position, like, yeah, I'm coming out a drug addict and like a self-destructive. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how else you would exist after that. Mm-hmm. You might be Shauna. I think Shauna weirdly is the next most yeah. realistic. Yeah. Trying to make it seem normal, but mm-hmm. having all these and, like, yeah. Yeah. And just wanting to ignore it, but then sometimes snapping and killing a rabbit. Well, like, and that it reminds me of totally reasonable to me. Yeah. And I don't want to speak out of, too too far out of my own experience, but you do hear stories of like veterans that come home from war and how stifling and crazy normal life seems after living in extreme circumstances, Mm -hmm. you know, nothing seems as critical or important as any of the life and death situations that you've been in before, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. And they were only what? 17 years old. Yeah. Like, yeah. On top of all of that, their brains aren't even done cooking. I know that thing about brains not being fully formed until you're 23 or 25 or whatever, that all that isn't, doesn't really mean what we think it means when we say that, but they were still fully cooking. Like, yeah, no, that they're not, they're not done yet. Mm-hmm. When I think about what I was like at 17, I was not done cooking. None of us no, were. I'm sorry. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Shauna hasn't answered uh adam's texts yet but then jeff has Mm -hmm. to go back to the store and again we still think he's cheating on her and so does shauna so she feels justified or compelled or whatever to respond this text is so funny shauna i know well we've seen seen her be kind of dominant with jeff but we haven't (laughs) seen it with adam yet yeah yeah it's because it's funny because it's not just that Jeff is such a wife guy that, like, right. one of them, somebody's got to take the lead, so it's going to be Shauna. No, it's, it's just, Shauna. This is just Shauna. Yeah. Shauna being Shauna. Yeah. And it's always been Shauna. Uh-huh. It's always been Shauna. She's the yeah. quote-unquote aggressor with Jeff in the beginning, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? That's true. It's always been her. <laughs> yeah, so but it, that is a really funny text. Also really funny. Again, Misty in her own black comedy is listening to Phantom of the Opera in her car. Well, it's podcasts or musicals. That's yeah. all you get. Yeah. 
Yeah, Phantom of the Opera did have quite a hold on us at that time period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I like that she doesn't even give her a chance to talk. She just, Mm-mm. Jessica says like three words. She stabs her. She puts her out. Yeah. Looks so happy with herself, too. Yeah. Well, she thinks she's in the right here because she yeah. even says when Jessica wakes up in the basement. Yeah. She has her little send off. Yeah. What is it? Uh, Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the fact that you're a terrible person keep you up tonight. There it is. Yep. Yep. It's like, That's so funny. As she's handcuffed to a bed. Mm-hmm. And Misty really thinks she's doing the right thing. Yeah. She's protecting her friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get sort of a jump back and forth because everybody's getting the text mm-hmm. about the meeting to drop right. off the blackmail money. Um, Nat's in bed with Kevin when she gets it mm-hmm. and gets out of bed. Ty is in a tree. Eating dirt. <laughs> Eating dirt. And also is taking a chunk out of her own hand, too. Yeah. Yikes. So that was oof doof Yeah. Yeah, I remember this being a huge reveal when I first watched it. Yeah. It was like, oh, my God, she's in the tree. She's really eating dirt. She's yep. laying in the tree. Oh, my God. Yeah, Sammy's a lot of these not crazy. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of, All like, of reveals. Sammy's not crazy. Lottie's not crazy. Yeah. Something big is going on with Ty. Like, yeah. so much here. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a big deal when that scene mm-hmm. came out to begin with. What a uh, show. What a show. What a show. This I when we first started, I remember thinking, and I still feel this way, that this episode is very uh like bits and pieces. Like it's mm-hmm. it's kind of scattered. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot going on, but it's kind of in tidy, tidy chunks. Makes it a little hard to talk about, but I do think that it it did so much in those tidy chunks to push the story forward. Yeah. Yeah. You really feel that we're moving into the end of this season with this episode. Yeah. Stuff's really starting to come. Yeah. It's like the the second half now we're starting and it's just kind of like the other side of the roller coaster where you're just mm-hmm. like, you've been creeping up and now you're like flying. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's very exciting. Yes, it is. And next week... We have, that's Saints, episode seven is called No Compass. Yeah, as starvation looms, Thaisa leads a last-ditch effort and or suicide mission. Mm. The Yellow Jackets are forced to commit small talk. (laughs) Yeah. It's a big one. It is a big one. They kind of all are now, but. Yeah, I know. This down, the second half of the season is like. One big, huge episode after another. Mm -hmm. I will say we should just mention, and we'll talk about it more, I think, later on, but there was a really good YouTube Mm -hmm. video published this week um, that had a lot to say about the foreshadowing and things that that were done in the early seasons to foreshadow like the way Nat died and things like that. We'll we'll get into that and discuss it later on. But if people want to look at it in the meantime, maybe we'll link to it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. I will say it did a lot to kind of heal. Maybe <laughs> not a lot. It did a little bit for me to heal my feelings on Nat's exit. And also made me feel like maybe Nat's exit would have been the same no right. matter what Juliette Lewis decided, just maybe later in the series, which makes right. me feel better too. So, yeah, yeah, no, I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes and we'll, we'll talk about it maybe at the end of our season one recap, just to when we talk about the common threads throughout the season and ways that things were predicted um, and in a more like overall holistic way. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So we will uh, pick up with season one, episode seven, no compass next week. In the meantime, Mm -hmm. reach out. Give us your your reactions to rewatching season one after having seen where we end up at the end of season two. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious if people have a favorite episode of season one, because for me, it seems to be changing a little bit as I rewatch. Interesting. Um, because I feel like to me, Doomcoming was like a big one. Mm-hmm. But some of these earlier episodes... I think because season two got so dark, I'm kind of really looking for the comedic relief now. Yeah, yeah, totally. And the ones that have like funnier things happening in them or more moments where the girls are still allowed to be girls, I'm kind mm-hmm. of more drawn to because I know what's coming. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, I think yeah. I'm with you there. I don't know what my favorite episode is this season. I'll 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 let you know by the time we get to the end. Yeah. I mean, mine might have changed by the time we get to the end of a re- our rewatch because mm-hmm. it seems to be like, I think if you had asked me previously, it, I probably would have said Doomcoming just mm-hmm. because the set design, I mean, I'm such a visual person, like the right. set design and the idea of it and the music mm-hmm. and the, like it being such a turning point, like there's a lot there, but I don't know now. Yeah. Yeah. So much happens in that episode. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my but, God. But we do kind of keep saying that every week, except for that one sort of slow one. Yeah. But it does seem like every week we're like, man, a lot happened in this one, huh? Yeah. The show is just f- dense. Well, it's dense and it's getting more and more um, mm-hmm. dense as it goes. Yeah. At least this season. Mm-hmm. For sure. So where can they find us, Andrea? Well, they can find us at WatchersPodNJ on Instagram. They can shoot us an email, WatchersPodNJ mm-hmm. at Gmail. They can find me at AQAndreaQ. Mm-hmm. I posted they- a little clip of a scene from the from the Watchers cutting room floor that we yes. cut because I referenced something that means nothing to any of you. But if you're, well, it means something to a few of you because I know we've got some New Jersey is the World crossover listeners. Yeah. Um, and I, I did post that on my personal Instagram. Um, so Made you can me go laugh. check that out if you want. Yeah. I love a crossover from something <laughs> niche to something even more niche <laughs> totally. or vice versa. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, we're, we're having a good time over on uh, New Jersey is the world, even though mm-hmm. some of us are a little angry right now about some slights <laughs> that have been done to certain yeah. parts of our state. Yeah. If you're not a New Jersey is the world listener, Jody is um, uh, extended, uh, barely extended New Jersey is the world family. You're not an official host, but you're no. you're a, a large looming <laughs> presence <laughs> threatening over there, presence. threatening presence over there that in a way that might surprise folks uh, who only know you here. But we're doing our best to, um, to get you back in our good slight. graces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have if you are. One of our listeners who is from Jersey and a big fan of music and in particular yes. is a fan of Screaming Females, May They Rest in Peace Forever. Um, well, may, may they resurrect, but may, yeah. may they rest in peace. Um, we just yesterday shared an interview with Marissa and um, Joe, who runs Don Giovanni Records, who are putting out a graphic novel together next month. And I'm so um, excited about this. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. I can't wait to read Marissa's it. Marissa's art like 
illustration style is so amazing. It's so cool and it's so unique and it yeah. like she's she's just the best. I'm such a fan. And Joe is so funny and lovely and such a great guy. Um I'm I'm such a fan of both of theirs and they talked with Geth about um the graphic novel but also just um like for almost an hour about New Jersey Transit. It's I such a wait. fun it's such a fun interview. Yeah, we're recording this before the episode has gone live, but I yeah. um, I got to hear it in the edit and uh definitely go check that out if you care about like again, like I said, New Jersey music and or New Jersey Transit. I mean, I just think if you're still listening to our show at this point, yeah, I think that we we always say like nobody cares about this but us, but I just have to think like if you're still listening you're at least interested in those things conceptually, even yeah. if they don't have a practical application in your life. Yeah. Um, and as somebody who spent the first two years of her working life commuting two hours each way via New Jersey mm-hmm. Transit, um, uh, Joey, you're going to love it. <laughs> place is a special place in hell for me. Uh-huh. Go listen to it. Listeners, also, I think it's a good uh, introduction to our what our little family of podcasts over there is too, Mm because it's so funny and so specific and so weird. And it made me very happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's everything. Yeah. That'll do it for us this week. Did you Um, say where they can find you? I don't think you did. I don't think I did. Um, they can find me on Instagram at Jody underscore Mim, J O D I E underscore M I M. As I always disclaim, it is my art account and has nothing to do with yellow jackets, but, uh, Feel free to follow me anyway. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. So we will see you next week. Where? We'll see you in the woods. See you in the woods.